0: Hey, what's up guys? It's your boy John Lee and Jack Coughlin and welcome to another episode of Courtside Eclipse Nation podcast. Today, we're going to give out our end of the season player grades and introduce a new segment to the pod called Run Fives. So Jack, going to be pretty quick, I think. I don't know. Also, Jack is sick, so I apologize if he sounds like shit. Um,
1: just a little bit, just a little bit.
0: Yeah. And also, thank you for all of you that uh, watched uh, the hot sauce video that was great uh, appreciate your support um,
1: <laughs> if you we don't ha- call it that
0: yeah we don't have to talk about that anymore anyway let's get on with the player grades the moment you guys have all been waiting for but first uh, we have to give some incompletes for some of these players that didn't really play too much for obvious reasons uh, Kawhi Leonard he didn't play the whole year Uh, neither did jason preston jay scrub rodney hood and xavier moon didn't play that much so we're not going to give them a
1: plus for both of them
0: all right um but anyway rodney hood actually was okay when i would see him play i didn't i wasn't really too upset with him and then xavier moon had some big plays in that nets comeback or that nets new year's game so i'll shout them out for that but let's get on with the players who are getting letter grades from us um overall it was a a year that was tough, but I feel like the team did a good job of doing well with what they had. So we're going to start with the rookie Brandon Boston, Jr. Jack, you and I both agreed on his grade for this. We actually agreed on all of them besides two that we'll discuss later. Um, How would you grade Brandon Boston this year?
1: Yeah, I I thought he did great. Especially we saw him in that Celtics game where he had that 27 points and just was getting buckets for us every single place on the court. And, you know, aside from that, there weren't any other games like that. But when he was needed, when the Clippers were undermanned, he would come in He'd give it his all. He'd score. He'd try his best on defense. And especially as a rookie, I feel like not too many people expected much out of him or any of the rookies that we drafted. But he actually found some some valuable minutes in certain games. And I'm excited for what the future holds for him. He seems like a great player. He seems like a good fit. Uh, especially as, you know, someone to to bring energy off the bench. And his bench celebrations are always great. It seems like the guys enjoyed playing with him, and, and he seems like a good vibe to have around in the locker room. So, yeah, we're going to give him a B- minus as, you know, he, he showed some good flashes. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was a rookie. He didn't always get too many consistent minutes. But he did good in the G League, too. He's getting buckets in the G League. And so, yeah, B- minus for now. So, you know, showing showing those positive flashes. But – you know, nothing like too crazy, like rookie of the year type material or anything like that. But yeah, really, really good, a good find by the Clippers. And I'm excited to see how he progresses.
0: Yeah, good find for them in the second round of um, last year's draft. And then, yeah, you're right about that Boston game. That was like the highlight. And then I thought his decision making got a lot better throughout uh, the course of the season. And he's a really talented player. So only a bright future for him. Um, let's see. Amir Coffee, Jack. You and I were both really generous with him with his grade. Um, how would you assess how he did this year?
1: Oh yeah, Amir Amir Coffee was amazing for us. A really another good find by the Clippers, and and another good development story for the Clippers as he found definitely a good amount of minutes for the team this year. Um, as far as the playing goes, you know it was kind of hard for him to get to get some minutes there. But, you know, playing in playoffs, that's that's always a whole whole new rotation. and, And it depends on the matchup. But during the regular season, oh, my goodness, he wasn't just shooting and defending like he was like how we kind of thought he played. Like he was coming off the pick and rolls. He was driving. He was he was shooting in the mid off the pick and roll like he was just doing so many things for the team each and every single game. And like we said, super undermanned this year, a lot of injuries, a lot of, you know, whatever people missing games. He would just come in. Got some starting spots. Sometimes there was some, there was some like week where he was like the leading scorer in every single one of our games. It was just, it was unbelievable. And also he just gets a special, a special boost because of all the Brian Seaman puns he makes on the broadcast. So he's going to get an A minus it, you know, it could have been, it it was pretty damn perfect for him this year. Probably could have been bumped to an A, maybe A plus, depending on how the plan goes or, you know, if he found those consistent minutes, but It wasn't wasn't the best, so we'll stick with an A-minus. Very, very good. No no season is ever perfect for a player. No one ever does perfect, so we'll stick with an A-minus.
0: Yeah, uh, you're right. I think he, to me, he's the face of um, how this team overachieved because they were able to get some development from him. So A-minus is really good given what he was given in terms of minutes and opportunity. And I thought he also could have played uh, in the playing game versus New Orleans in the second half a bit, instead of just going 60, but yeah, that's, that's a good story for Amir and he was rewarded with it. So hopefully they could re-sign him, keep him, but um, we might have to be worried about other teams uh, snagging him up for more money. If the Clippers have to pay someone else, which they probably will with this next guy who is Robert Covington and Jack and I are both going to give him an A because he has been amazing ever since the Clippers got him. He was kind of an afterthought when um, the Clippers acquired Norman Powell and him from the Blazers in February. Uh, he didn't look too good uh, with his Portland uh, games, but when he came to the Clippers, he was just doing it all, I thought. Um, he was hitting threes. He was cutting. He was like Nico he was defending, especially on help side. He's getting deflections. He, he probably is the fastest hands on the team. Um, and then he had that 43 point game against Milwaukee where he had a franchise record 11 threes as well. So overall, I think it's the number one priority for them to retain him. And I think given what he said about the franchise um, that he's going to come back, but overall yeah i think he might have got the highest grade of everyone um but yeah an a for roco anything you want to add on that jack
1: yeah like you said when the norm trade happened people focused on norm and you know as they should he was still great for us but yeah people kind of overlooked roco you know of course from houston to the blazers and he kind of blazers weren't doing too well so people kind of forgot about him but then totally just rejuvenated his career with the Clippers. And even in the, in the playing games, he was massive in them, especially in that Pelicans game where we made that huge comeback. He was a big part of it, played almost the whole entire second half. Yeah. I'm super excited. He, he's basically like a Batum 2.0 almost. So it's always good to have more Batum like players on the team. So I really, I think they'll definitely make it a priority to keep him this year. He seems super happy and that, you know, I, I remember him saying that he almost thought about like quitting basketball and Batum helped him talk to him and, and he really uh, helped him want to play more. So, yeah, I'm excited. I, I think him paired with, you know, the team healthy with Kawhi, Paul George, et cetera, could be a great fit. So, yeah, I, I like that grade for him.
0: Yep. Um, moving on, let's go to Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, this is a guy that wasn't even, uh, didn't wasn't about to make a roster almost and was competing with Harry Giles just to be the 15th man. And he ends up being the backup center and does a really good job at it. He, d- he's basically their engine uh, for the second unit uh, with his dribble handoffs and his backdoor passes and that floater and even developed that three pointer at the end. He was a good, um, he was a good vertical defender, uh, protecting the rim. He did foul a lot, but given what you got for signing a, a minimum guy as your fifteenth man and getting valuable, um backup center minutes from him where there were times where he would close um there's not much more you could ask for for your backup i thought he did a really good job and i think next year if he stays i think he's going to take that leap because he's going to have another year to play with them he's going to play with better talent he's going he's going to be more comfortable with the offense and i think he's going to have more confidence from tyloo to take threes uh so overall we're giving uh hartenstein a b plus just a really good season from him uh i think uh, Lawrence Frank said that him and Zoo were the reason or one of the main reasons they were top 10 in defense because they had shot blockers or rim protectors on the floor at all times. Um, Jack, anything from you on that one?
1: Yeah, I loved I Heart this year. Really, really great, great energy guy off the bench, almost like, a you know, similar to Trez come off the bench, give us some energy. But he was a lot better uh, of a defender and, a, you know, just fit the team better um, as he was a better passer for sure. And yeah, I really liked him. He seems just seems like a good guy too, and kind of like a mere coffee. You know, when the playing games came, um, you know the rotation got a bit tighter. It was kind of harder for him to find minutes. But yeah, the regular season, I mean, he was great. He had that injury, and then he came back, and it was looking a little right. rough. But then he got right back into it and started playing well. Great passer, could finish. Great defender at the rim. Definitely was one of the better backup bigs in basketball this year. And yeah, like you said, almost didn't even make the roster. So it kind of kind of came out of nowhere. He was kind of playing with house money this season and he did a great job of it. So yeah, I like I like the grade we give him.
0: Yeah. Um he I think he's part of the, the reason why that bench unit with Terrence Man and Luke Kennard was so successful, also. So and that's a good transition because next we're gonna go to Terrence Mann. We gave him a B plus because I think even though he didn't have the most steady uh, role on the team. I think he grew a lot slowly over the season, whether it was with that backup uh, spot when he was starting during COVID, um, hitting the league pretty hard. And then even taking over that backup point guard role, there's still some flashes of him playmaking, working, pick and roll. Um, His mid range. I think I I like that. He has a go-to mid range. I'm not sure how much I like the, one-legged fade, but it was good to see him get more confidence in his jumper, attack the rim, uh, move off or cut off the ball, uh, his point of attack defense and just being an aggressive defender, someone that you could trust and play all the time. So, yeah, B-plus for him. I don't know if he's going to have the same production next year. I think he can. I think he, um, he could even be better, but with all the depth coming back, uh, his minutes are going to go down a little bit, but yeah, overall B plus returns, man. Um, Jack, anything on him before we move on to Luke?
1: No, I totally like it. You know what you're going to get with T man. And, and in the playing games, he had a huge role. He's always going to be a great energy guy, defending guy. And I feel like, you know, you said his minutes might go down next year, which could happen, but he'll always, he'll always find his role on the team and find, find his minutes back. So Yeah, I I like that grade for him as well. I think he's just—he's always going to be a solid player for us and and help us win games.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
0: Uh, moving on to Luke. We both gave him a really good grade. So uh, what would you think of his season this year?
1: Oh, yeah. Had to give my guy Luke an A-. minus. Maybe a little boost because we got got him on the pod. But no, nah, he, he did great. You know, led the league in three-point percentage and definitely took a leap this year. Uh, as far as his confidence goes and his, you know, his playmaking, his shot creation, of course, had that huge game against Washington and hen, hen, we might be talking about that later, but he had the huge game against Washington and just the whole year, just consistently shooting the ball exceptionally well, almost won the three point contest. Very, very close. But yeah, he just, very, it was really a big bummer to to not have him in the playing games. Probably definitely could have helped out in those, but no during the regular season he was terrific for us and and definitely stepped up when we needed him most when you know we didn't have a lot of our guys so yeah a minus for luke john what do you think
0: yeah he Lu unlocked him this year as lawrence frank said um and he was huge coming off um coming off the bench giving them a spark giving them spacing he's another guy I worry about next year's minutes just because of all the guys coming back um right. His role will be something norm. I think will take over of having that offensive spark off the bench, but yeah, led the league in three point percentage, almost won the uh, three point contest, uh, hit some really clutch shots this year, like Washington. He, he was big in comebacks. It felt like he hit threes right when they needed them. Um, he had big shots against the Lakers, but yeah, a a minus. I think is fair. Um, Happy that he did that after getting the criticism for his contract, which kicked in this season. I think it proved that he earned that contract and that's what he's worth. So yeah. Love what I saw from Luke. Um, Next. We don't really know what we can give Norman Powell just because he only played five regular season games and then 2 play in games. Um, he did average 21 points a game on 50% shooting and 54 from three in the regular season. So that's kind of insane. Uh, and he was the best player. It seemed whenever he played besides the game, uh, besides when he played with Paul George, but yeah, I it, I wish that injury didn't get him because I think that really uh, took his wind in the playing games. We saw him, um, He looked pretty gassed uh, in Minnesota and then he struggled a little bit in the Pelicans game, but I did like how he just stuck with that game and just kept attacking, kept getting to the line, kept going to the basket. He does bring this team something else um, that they don't have a guy with rim pressure, uh, three level scoring. um, Someone you could run actions with uh, similar to PG and Luke, but Yeah, I'm excited to see him. I think he'll be in a six man role next year, but uh, that's not to say that he will have a bad year. I think it's just because of the talent they'll have. I think he has a case to be six man of the year next year. So that's something I'm going to look out for. And I'm really happy. I'm really happy with what I saw in terms of his production in the regular season. But then again, that injury just. just threw everything out of whack for him i think even though he statistically he was okay in the playing game so anything on him before i move on to marcus Morris?
1: yeah i love norm and you know obviously the trade happened and everyone was excited but i don't even feel like we even really knew how good he was when he was playing just putting up all those numbers in such limited minutes it it, it was it was amazing to watch he's just like like i i don't even understand how we got him for from what we gave up, being Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, um, and that second round pick, wins and Winslow players. So, yeah, Winslow. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. We got him and Rocco for that. It's just every time I watch them, I get reminded of that. But yeah, I, th- I think when we're all healthy next year, he'll he'll definitely be putting up consistent numbers. And if it's off the bench, he's great for that six-man role. He comes in and give us that gives us that juice. So incomplete, I guess, but I'd say an A for, for when he's played for sure.
0: Yeah, that bench is gonna be nasty. It's gonna be, uh, oh yeah, likely Rocco, uh, Norm, him, Rocco, Luke, and man, all competing for minutes. Um, and they they'll still need a backup point guard. Uh, I think unless they just roll those guys out, but we'll we'll see once that happens. They may be able to play five five bench guys in the regular season, and then that that's something why I worry about Amir staying, just because I don't know how much time he'll get with those guys, but. Yeah, I think Norm Norm could be the sixth man next year. I think that we need to hop on that campaign now. We need we need to lay our ground, just let people know this is going to happen. So that way, when it does, we look like prophets. So
1: all right, I, I like it. All I know is though, when I've been playing 2K with the Clippers, I, I put him in the starting lineup. It's just it makes it way more way more easier to win games.
0: Yeah, no, I would too. I don't blame you. Um, let's see. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Marcus Morris Senior, um. His best season as a Clipper, in my opinion, I think a lot of that should be credited to his change in his diet and his conditioning of his knee so that he could be available in more games. I thought that he was um, one of their uh, rock-solid guys that would help um, give them scoring when they needed. He averaged 15.4 points a game this year uh, on 48% shooting. Um, Oh, excuse me, that's on twos. But he, he shot 43.4% from the field, my mistake, and 37% from three. But I thought there were times where when they needed a bucket, they would just draw up a mid-post touch for him. I thought he he was the only guy at some points that could get a shot up for them. And he had some insane tough shot making this year. I thought without him, they their offense would be somehow, even though it was already like bottom five in the league, it would be even worse without him. I thought... They, they were able to feed him in the post. He'd be able to get a shot up. Um, I think the one criticism from uh, Clipper fans was probably be his defense and his rebounding. But um, what I saw from that Pelicans game, he definitely gave it his all. I think that was his best game as a Clipper. Um, he, he was going off and then he was rebounding as well. He really just left it all out there playing uh, heavy minutes. I believe he played 43 or something around there, but... Yeah, we're going to give him a B just because I, I think some people will give him a lower grade and some people want because uh, he gets a lot of criticism. But to me, without him, they're I don't know if they're getting those 42 wins um, and even near the play-in or coming close to that and PG even returning. So, yeah. Anything on Mook before we move on to Nico?
1: No, I, li- I like the, what you said about, yeah, without him, we're definitely not getting nearly as many wins as we got. And him being forced into that kind of one-two option, especially without Paul George and Kawhi, I thought, you know, it's not easy, but he did a great job of it and and carried us some games and was the leading scorer in many of those games. And especially in that Pelicans playing game, like you could see it. He was just, when we needed a bucket, we had to go to him. He just could kind of play like Kawhi in that low post area and and work that mid-range game, which every team needs a guy like that. So it was very, very helpful. Of course, you know, his defense, he's a bit slow on his feet. So we noticed that in and as a weakness for sure. But just offensively, he gives us so much and is such an elite shooter and shot creator. So yeah, I like that. I like that grade for him. And and yeah, of course we've seen the reports of them possibly exploring trades for him this offseason, which is understandable. But I still would welcome Mook back with open arms if, if, if he is still on the team next year.
0: Yep. Yeah, he's still he's still under contract, but we'll see what they do. They'll probably move him just because he has money uh he's a decent size contract so they could probably possibly get a decent return back and then they are also looking for a point guard so we'll see what happens but overall um good season from him i thought that's as a clipper so that's something that they won't take away from him uh moving on to nico i think this one's easy uh i think he slowed down a little bit offensively later on but i don't want to I don't want that to discredit what he did at the beginning. We're giving him an A because I think first he took that connector role last year and then ran with it and was just an instant benefit whenever he's on the court. I don't really see him. Um, I don't see him not starting next year. If Morris isn't there uh, just cause I think he plays that role so well, maybe Rocco if um, but who knows? You could just swap those two either way. But Nico, I did a whole thread on his defense of him being a one through five defender. He was guarding guys from like Dame to like uh, Bam Adebayo and then Cat, and he's doing this. Uh, he's using his length to uh, bother guys, and he has enough. He has enough weight on him where he could stand up some guys. He he was staying in front of AD, getting good contests on him. He's able to close out and recover. Um, and still get a hand up because of his wingspan. And he just, I thought he was just a savant for them defensively when they were rolling. And I think he was a big reason why they did so well before PG got hurt and why they were up there in the standings at that point. But yeah, I'm giving him an a, I think he could, Yeah, you could argue it could be a little lower, but I think you need to take into account what he did before that. Um, Anything on that, Jack, before we move on to Zoo?
1: Oh, yeah. It just, it just feels like any single time that Batum plays, it's like he it seems like a flawless player. He's just doing exactly what he needs to do for the team. I, I love him so much, and he he definitely, definitely could get that starting spot next year and might be totally happy. I, I personally think he's the best defender on the team Um, in that Pelicans playing game. I just – a lot of what he was doing isn't on the stat sheet. And it's really hard to see because a lot of it was off the ball. But it's just sometimes when you just lock in on looking at him on defense, it's unbelievable what he can do. His IQ, his length, his physicality without fouling. It's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Great for him. He just, oh, I can't get enough of that Batum. And we went to see that game uh, where he, he played against Indiana. And he had, like, what, 30 in the second half and just couldn't miss a three?
0: Mm-hmm yeah no that was not your
1: yeah. response but thank you
0: no I, you you cut out yeah. that's why but uh
1: oh okay but yeah that that game was super fun and i was glad i got to see that in person but
0: yeah yeah 30... the
1: tomb, so that's a good grade for him
0: yeah 32 in the second half for him that game and he was like just in the dunker spot and then hitting threes he was just like exactly wherever it wasn't like he was like straining or anything but yeah shout out nico um this next one uh Zubots, you and i uh, actually didn't have a similar grade for him um you can go first what what's your grade in your assessment on zoo this season
1: all uh, right yeah uh, you know i probably i probably lean towards a b plus for zubach this season or zubats I never can say it right uh, i mean he he sometimes can get can get a little um pushback from some clipper fans but i think for the contract that he's on making only like seven eight mil he and he's our starting center He really just gives it his all every single game. And he he shows he has so many amazing plays, so many amazing games, like the one against Jokic where he's putting up 30 and 10 or whatever on national TV against him, even though Jokic had like 40, 50 that game. Just the way is his effort every single game, defensively, offensively our great defense that we had this year. I feel like definitely starts with him being a strong rim protector and learning how to, Be vertical when protecting the rim and not fouling. I think he does a great job of that, and and that's kind of one of the main reasons we had a good defense. And I I feel like you know he's not a Joel Embiid, he's not a Jokic, he's not a you know Rudy Gobert or or Cat or any 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 starting center that is on like a max deal this uh, in the NBA. He's he's on a very small contract. And he gives great value for that contract. So I just feel like it's hard to expect him to do all-star things when he's on that kind of a contract. And for, for, so for for the money he makes, he's he's done amazing for us on on both ends of the court. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give him at the B+. Plus. What do you think?
0: Uh, I'll give him a B-. Minus. I thought he would make a little more of a jump this year. I, and then the thing is, I thought when we saw that stretch of him, uh, but it looked – he looked great with his jump hooks. Like they were feeding him or he had those games against Jokic and Embiid. I literally thought I was like, oh, they could go to him as an offensive option, but he, I, he kind of like tailed off at the end. Um, He can shoot that mid range too. I don't know how much they want him to, but I still think that he can get a little, we can get a little more out of him, but granted, given his contract, he's great value. I think he, He's already a good defensively Um, and I'll even uh, shout out that game he had against Luca, even though Luca would still hit step backs over him. I thought he did a really good job on him and I'll, that was like a good decision by Tyloo to throw them out of whack on offense, but uh, and containing pick and roll. I think he's decent uh, or he's pretty solid at it and protecting the rim. So defensively is, I think is his calling card right now. Offensively, I think he could, Take a little more of a jump, but it it doesn't really bother me too much giving him a B minus. I still think he's fine. Like he's he's doing his job. Um, he's still young, he still has time to get a little better, but and they don't really need to close with him at all times, um, in the fourth. So that makes it flexible, and he's not gonna care about that. So that makes him a good teammate, but yeah, he's still a good defender. Um offense, he has the tools to be a good offensive player he could be a little better but yeah b minus i don't think it's that harsh i don't think it's like a criticism on him um but i think he could still be better next year um that being said let's move on to the final two players uh jack um we're on reggie jackson so what do you think about him
1: oh gotta give my man reggie an a minus being forced kind of like Mook into that number one, number two option with PG and Kawhi out a lot of the year. I thought he did a great job. He had a lot of a lot a lot of games where he was just doing another carry job, and the team kind of went as he did. If he scored a lot, if he played really well, chances are we were gonna win that game. And he had a great showing in that, in that final playing game against the Pelicans. That although ended in a loss, I thought it was just a great Reggie game, especially with that comeback in the third quarter. And, yeah, the, he was pretty much the leader of the team this year, starting point guard, number one, number two option with the guys out. And I thought he did a great job of that. Of course, some games, you know, it's it's like he couldn't get it going or he got cold or whatever it was. But a lot of the games he was hot and he was rolling and he was hitting clutch shots in the fourth quarter, you know, hitting that game winner against the Magic, hitting clutch shots in other games. That's that's why we love him. And he's just a great vibe dancing in the home games to California love and and those wins and those games against the Lakers, which another hint we may be talking about later. Um, Yeah, just the vibes of Reggie are great. And although it wasn't perfect the whole year with him, sometimes there were some off games, which happens, I thought, for the role that he was kind of forced into, he did a great job. He gave it his all on both ends. A lot of the games he was looking exhausted. So, yeah, I'll give him an A minus. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well we're both go- going with the A minus. Uh also just because he was their best playmaker when everyone was out. And you could see it, Tyloo had to s- stick him back in early, even when you wanted to rest him. And I think he really just put his body on the line all year for them. Uh he was playing he was playing a a lot for them, and I- I'm surprised that it didn't wear down as much. Um but uh, especially that Pelicans game, it was, kind. Of, it was a rough start for him, but then he came to life in the second half as did the team and he was truly the barometer for them. So like, as he would do well, so with the team, so I- I'm looking forward to seeing him back in more of a catch and shoot role. Uh, and then being that pick and roll playmaker that they need from him when, uh, when the shot clock's down or they bail or he's just a bailout artist, but yeah, uh, you can't complain too much about Reggie. He was thrust into that position and it was really tough for him. Uh, I thought when giving, getting all that extra attention, he just looked gassed a lot of the time, but yeah, he put that team on his back along with Mook. So can't complain too much. Um, all right. Moving on to our final player grade. We're going with Paul George, Jack. Um, what did you give PG?
1: Yeah. I mean, of course he was hurt a lot of this year. But I thought when he played, he, he was definitely at an A. I thought he just did an amazing job of carrying this team. And especially at the start of the year when he was an MVP candidate prior to that injury and prior to some off games, he was just being terrific for us, carrying us a lot of the games, having a lot of high-scoring games. And then, of course, that injury hit. He was out for a while. He comes back, and it looks like he hadn't missed a day. It, he just looked refreshed came back in that game against Utah where we made that huge comeback and he went off. And then in those games, even after that, he was still just doing well, being an amazing passer. We saw this year, just basically almost playing point guard in some of these games and assisting and finding everyone for open shots. And then he was a terrific scorer too, shooting it well and, and balling out for us. So love me some Paul George. I'm going with an a, I think you might, have a different thought. So, what do you think about Paul George?
0: Um, I thought he did do a good job, uh, especially beginning of the year. Just I thought when they were going through a rut, um, he kind of put them on their back, and then we got some MVP G, uh, games from him. Uh, he was a little inefficient to me, but I mean, and then he averaged four point one turnovers a game. But I guess that's kind of expected when you're gonna dominate that uh playmaking role but I don't know compared to like usual years he has I think he could have been just a tad better and also I just I don't know I, I think I'm just taking the availability into it I kind of just wish he could say it's not his fault but I- I'll give him a b minus I just don't know um it's kind of weird I'm-, I'm teetering on uh, incomplete also for him just because of how many games he missed but I don't know. Still good numbers. 24, uh, seven and five, but, um, and he had 34 in that playing game in Minnesota before he got COVID after that. Um, even in that game, he struggled a bit in the first half, but kind of came to life in the second. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough. I will commend him though. He didn't have to come back and he even said he wanted to get the surgery immediately, but he didn't have to come back. Um, in the earlier in, or later in the season, he could have just sat out, or just waited till next year. But he worked, he worked. Um, him and Norm all the way to get back to give that team a chance to get into the playoffs. And while they didn't, I think I got to commend him for that. And he looked great in that first game. Um, I don't think he had too. He didn't have too much ramp up time. Neither did Norm. So I think that really hurt them. But yeah, uh, I'll I'll go with a B minus. Uh, I expect him yeah, to be that's, better. That's next understandable. Year. Yeah, I think he'll be better next year. He's going to have more help around him. He's going to have Kawhi back. He's going to have Norm back in that role. Um, he can be he's still going to command attention, but not as much as he did this year. So I'm looking forward to it. But um, let's see. Let's take uh, a quick break. And when we come back, we'll introduce our new segment and then close out the show. All right. And we're back and we're going to introduce a new segment. It's called run fives and what
1: hey, yo, I got next.
0: Okay. God. Oh my God. You just made my ears bleed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what I do best.
0: Yes. Like if you see Jack at the gym, that's exactly what he'll say. Anyway, we're going to run <laughs> fives. It's basically just top five of any topic. And because the season's over, we're going to do top five Clipper moments. So I'm going to start first and we're going to let Jack finish just because um, nice guys finished last and you're a really nice guy, Jack. So.
1: <laughs> Great. Thank you. I'm, I, I don't think that's a compliment, but okay, it is. I'll, I'll it, it is.
0: You're, you're a good guy. You're a good okay.
1: guy. Interesting right. compliment, but thank you.
0: All right. Anyway, number five, I'm going with Rocco scoring 43 points, a career high and setting a franchise record 11 threes versus Milwaukee. Great vibes game. Literally didn't really mean too much. I think they, were, they still needed to split that uh, back-to-back with Chicago and Milwaukee. So, actually, it did mean a little bit so that could, they could get more space from New Orleans or the 8th seed, which didn't matter in the end. But
1: nonetheless... 8th yeah, seed. Oh, yeah, we really needed that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was useless. But great. I think that's something that is going to think about when he's contemplating free agency. He's going to be like, hey, I had that game. Uh, I think it really got him closer with the team. They were happy to see him. Um, and as you said that he was contemplating, not, or he wasn't really enjoying basketball, but I, I hope the Clippers can bring that joy back to him. Like they did for Reggie, like they did for Nico. And I hope he could stay with them for a long time, but that was one of the more fun games of the season. So that is my number five at my number four. I'm going to go with the 120, 116. New Year's Day back-to-back win against Brooklyn led by Eric Bledsoe um, and a clutch shot by T-Man. And then where they had contributions from 10-day guys from Xavier Moon and James Ennis. That game was something that they shouldn't have won. They didn't have Morris. They didn't have uh, – they didn't even have Ty Lue because he was in health and safety protocols and trapped in Canada. And that's a game they went against KD and Harden. So – there was definitely got uh, guys to worry about, but that was one of my favorite games. And plus it was a great Terrence man game. And I think that was part of his development flashes that we saw. So that is my number three uh, or sorry. That was my number four for number three.
1: Oh, yeah, the, Bledsoe, the Bledsoe game is a classic.
0: Yeah. God, thank you. Eric Bledsoe. come back if you want, honestly, they need a backup point guard. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> they'll welcome you back. Um, not a, honestly, not a bad idea. Not a not Montreal, a bad idea like, at all.
1: No, it, I could see it.
0: Yeah, he could. But we'll see what happens. Um. Anyway, number three, I'm going to the 25 point comeback versus Utah at home. The oh, good pick, good pick. The duplicate of what happened in Game Six in the playoffs. It was also PG's first game back, uh, from the from his UCL injury, in which he had a minutes restriction. They went down 25 against Utah. PG, was. Oh God. I wish I had the number up. I forgot, but he had 30. I believe it was 32 or 34. God, I forgot which one it was. Anyway, he looked great. The step back threes, the playmaking another Luke Kennard clutch three, no surprise, but that was one of the most fun games. That was a game I was actually at. So I got to experience it uh, and feel the crowd. One of the best crowds of the year next to the Pelicans game, but yeah, ton of fun. Great game, uh, classic comeback Clippers, which leads me into my number two, which will be the 35 point comeback versus Washington. I think that one's number one on a lot of people's list. For me, it's number two. I'll explain why after I do number one, but down 35, starters get yanked. Um, the team comes out, they play hard. The stadium is or the arena is dead. They, uh, they chip away. Eventually, uh, they get uh Luke Kennard. He hits a bomb from like 35, then the four-point play. I don't know. One of the craziest games I've ever seen in one of the most dead environments, which is almost bubble-esque. So shout out to them for overcoming that. Um, and for my number one, I'm just gonna have to go with interviewing Luke Kennard. Shout out, Christian, you're a great guy who got us that gig. Uh When me and Jack got to interview Luke, we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of compliments from our peers, um, other people on Twitter and stuff, and it was fun to talk to him. He gave us great answers. Um, A good time, a really good time. Probably one of the best moments of this podcast. Shout out, Luke. You're great. Best season um, as a Clipper in your only two seasons. But yes, that is my top five. Jack, any thoughts before you move on to yours?
1: I love it, man. I love it. That comeback against Washington still doesn't even feel real. I remember like I was just watching that game and like doing some like homework or whatever I was doing on my computer and just kind of chilling. And I slowly see the lead start to get less and less. And, and Jay Scrub was in the game. And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't even really need to pay attention. And then it just kept getting less and less. It, It was insane. It just doesn't even feel real. And even in the end, like, you know, they had, they're like, what, an eight point lead, seven or eight point lead, like under a minute. It just made no sense how that happened. still. But my goodness, that was so much fun. I I was screaming a lot. So yeah, great pick. And then of course, the Luke Kennard interview, nothing better than that. So yeah, I like your list, John, I I would definitely, I would have stolen some, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it up a bit to, To keep it fun. So, yeah, with with my number five, I'm just going to stick it with going to the games I did this year. Of course, we had a long time with no fans in the stadium and I wasn't able to make it to a playoff game last year when the fans were in the stadium, which I was pretty bummed out about. So just being back at the games this year, especially since, you know, really taking Twitter, doing Twitter a lot more and doing this podcast with you. And it was great to be at the games to see all the people from Twitter, Aww. which was really, really fun. And it was so weird. It's like people that we've been talking to on Twitter for so long now, finally getting to see them. So that was great going to the Indiana game with you, going to the playing game against the Pelicans, going to like a, a couple, one or two other regular season games. It was just such a blast. Such a such a blast. That Pelicans game in the playing, that third quarter comeback, that was just such a euphoric experience crypto was loud as can be I stood up the whole entire second half and and lost my voice for days and days after and it was so worth it because I felt like I left it all on the court out there too because I lost my voice and I stood up I felt like I was part of the team I left I left it all out there so it made me very happy and then number four I'm going with all of those sweet sweet Laker wins starting off in that first game with PG um and that was the game where Connard was very clutch and Morris hit that bank, shot three, bailout dagger at the end. That was the great way to start against the Lakers that season. And then the next one, I believe the next one was the, the Marcus Morris clutch mid-range shot over Ru- Russ. And this was when there was a lot of reviews at the end and Twitter was like, oh, my God, this is taking way too long. And there was a challenge and LeBron was mad about it and talking to Richard Jefferson. That was a crazy game. That was close and we won. And then we also had the classic Reggie skip down the court game winner, um, which is just that's like an endless meme. I still see that meme of him skipping down the court to this day. So that one was a classic and super, super fun to watch. And then, of course, to top it all off, just the blowout. No, no more close games against them. Just a good old blowout. And those Reggie chants at the end when it was a blowout and he's hitting a three and he's crossing over Westbrook and making him mad and yelling in his face. And, oh, it just did not get any better. So, yeah, those Laker wins sweeping them during the season, that was just felt so, so good. And each game had a different storyline. I felt a different player was playing well. And, oh, each one just had its own, own unique fun to it. And then number three, I'll go with coming back against Philadelphia when we were down 24 points that game. It was looking very bleak. And the defense tightened up, especially on Embiid. Offense was looking a bit better. And we were able to snag that win um, in that comeback win. So that one I definitely, definitely enjoyed, especially because it was against Doc Rivers. So, you know, he wasn't really calling a timeout. That one definitely really felt good. And Sixers almost won it at the end, too. Morris missed that free throw. And then Tyrese Maxey had a really difficult shot to win it and, and missed it, luckily. But yeah, that was also a crazy game. And against Doc just made it all that better. So that'll be my number three. And then number two, I'm going with what felt like almost the first comeback of the year for the Clippers. It was against Denver. The final score was 87 to 85. I like don't even understand. That doesn't even seem real that an NBA game can end 87, 85 nowadays. But the Clippers were down 25 at the half. Reggie was having a horrible game. Everything was looking bad. It was against the Nuggets, of course, Jokic. And then all of a sudden, Reggie starts to heat up. The score starts to get less and le- or the, the deficit starts to get less and less. And then in that fourth quarter, and like those final five minutes, it was totally just a close-clutch game. And Reggie had that poster dunk over Jokic, which I screamed so loud on. And it almost felt like a little, a little revenge from when they came to back down from 3-1. Obviously, that was so long ago now. And But you know, it's it still just felt good to get it against the team that did that to you, and then of course Jokic shot a a huge shot at the end that almost went in for the win, and then at missed, and then Aaron Gordon got the the rebound and put up a shot that almost went in too, and that was insane. So that that game was nuts, and that that kind of felt like the first big comeback of the year for the Clippers and set the tone for the rest of the year and, and being the comeback Clips, and then of course number one. I got to go with what your answer was, John interviewing Luke Kennard was so much fun. Yes. I like the energy. Shout out Christian again for hooking that up. That was, that was just insane. I, I like never even thought that just making a Twitter account one day to talk about my favorite team could lead to talking about one of my favorite players on the team, Luke Kennard. He was super great and gave some great answers and insight into the, into the questions we were asking. And, that was super super fun to brag about to all of my friends and all the Clipper fans I know. So that's definitely number one. And then you know, also that just that takes in doing the podcast with you and and all of Clippers Twitter and just having fun watching our favorite team play basketball. It doesn't get much better than that. So yeah, great great fun year with the Clippers. And yeah, I'm looking forward to next year already. See Jack, I told you you were a nice guy. <laughs> nice when needed to be
0: yeah exactly um yeah i definitely agree with you on the uh what do you call it that denver comeback may maybe have been the conception of the comeback clippers for this season i think they only had 28 at half so and they still won the game which is ridiculous against uh the mvp but yeah i like that list the laker wins were definitely cool uh this a sweep nonetheless but yeah, it was cool doing everything with you. Um, the pod, uh, which all led up to interviewing Luke and then seeing each other at the game. Ton of fun. Ton of fun moments from this season, even though it didn't end the way they wanted to. But yeah, we hope all you guys enjoyed um, this season, even though it was tough. But also, thank you guys for listening to us this season. Uh, we're still going to have content to put out once um, the draft comes up, once we get a little more news and stuff like that. But, yeah, thank you again. You could always uh, find us on Twitter, Jack, what's your Twitter? Jack Clippers on Twitter. Yep, and then I'm at courtside underscore clips. We'll always tweet out the links to our pods. You can get us on Spotify, Apple, uh, Megaphone, Google Podcasts. And then, uh, yeah, just follow us, interact with us. We'll have a bunch of fun talking with you. Um, again, thank you guys for tuning in and rate us, give us criticism, whatever. We always want to hear criticism. We haven't heard any yet for some reason, but uh, I don't know. We we definitely deserve some. But um, and give us more ideas you want to hear on the pod, any segments. Um, we'll probably bring back the weekly wager once the next season starts. But, yeah. Thank you guys. I mean, mainly
1: you deserve the criticism, but
0: uh, but yeah. All right, we'll close it out. Um, thank you guys. As always, go clips. <laughs>